This is episode number 19 of the Homeowner's Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner's Show. We are broadcasting live. I think this is our second episode from the new, fabulous Homeowner's Show studios. As you, Well, if you're watching this on video, it's about as beautiful as we are. Yeah. Um, so we are glad that you could join us. Uh, you can always find us on iTunes, Stitcher, some podcast platform i'm sure that's out there whatever the one funky one kevin jesus um <laughs> i use pocket cast yeah whatever that is yeah um and you can also find us on facebook and some other places we're on it's youtube instagram yep we're on instagram and uh www.homeownershow.com on the interwebs yeah so how you doing man man i'm doing good we're like several weeks a couple weeks into the new year now yeah yeah just trying to uh you know, get into the swing of things, make sure that... Remain resolute. Yeah. Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, now's about the time to start going back to the gym. All the resoluters it's, it's are gone. It's all cleared out. The good, <laughs> the good all... equipment's available. Yeah. You can get a, find a parking spot now. That's right. Yeah, it's a good time. So, any, anything good going on? Well, um... I'm I'm working on a, a project right now in my house. It, I, I just finished a project that uh, that we talked about a little bit last episode. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm building a bench right. to go in there. So I've been doing some woodworking and after spilling in all those years sitting on the bench, you decided yes. if I'm going to be there, I'm going to build one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Put it in my house. <laughs> yeah. Is so it that's, coming along? Yeah, it's coming along. It's uh, it's something a little bit different than I've ever done. Uh, but I'm I'm excited about it. Some some neat stuff and we need some uh, pictures man uh, yeah yeah we'll get some and throw them up I, I was seeing some pictures of the shop you were getting to work in that's pretty crazy yeah dude the, sh- the shop I, um, the the guy the friend of mine that that has that shop he 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 uh he went all out man it it it's sweet yeah yeah it, pretty much anything you need in a woodworking shop it's it's got it full with the dust collection system and everything I mean, it's awesome Wow. I think that thing's more ventilated than my house. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> well, it's good because it's in his house, <laughs> so he needs it well he needs ventilated. His house. That's fine. Yeah. So we got a cool episode for you guys today. We got our good buddy Justin O'Neill in the house. How yeah. you doing, Justin? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. What's happening? Nah, not too much. Just you know, making a podcast. Yeah. But uh, Justin is our is our roofing expert. So we're gonna be we're gonna be talking all things roofs today. You excited about roofs, Kevin? Yeah. You ever fallen off a roof? I have never. I have fallen, but not off a roof. (laughs) Thank goodness. Now, I won't. I I can't tell you that I haven't jumped off a roof. Uh I've jumped off a roof. Thankfully, onto it was it was dumb. Back trampoline. My, yep. Uh huh. Into yeah. a pool. I know that move. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> you like a full gainer into the. Yeah. Well, I I was I was the bench guy. Remember, I was never good <laughs> enough to do a gainer. <laughs> so, Justin, does 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 Fair Claims recommend roof jumping trampoline into a pool? You know, doesn't doesn't hurt the roof at all. So I mean, if you're <laughs> to each his own. Doesn't void the warranty, right? Does not <laughs> void the warranty at all. No. <laughs> Just don't do it with cleats. In fact, oh, if you'll yeah, if they'll foot. send you the video, you'll put it up on the on the page, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah why not? If, if well, if it's one of your roofs. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Even if it's not, we'll still laugh. At oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How much better could this have been if you jumped off one of our roofs? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, especially if there's video footage. See, I, that, that's hey. that's a marketing See? campaign I just came up with for you right there. Yeah, you, absolutely. You man, need guys can. jumping off of roofs and falling, and it's like, it could have been a fair claims man. roof. We can start <laughs> offering a uh, roof platform for jumping off of as an upgrade option yes okay we're brainstorming starting new business ideas (laughs) yeah doing great all right the uh, the coffee's kicking in from earlier this morning well man justin tell us a little bit about about how you got started in the biz and it was just kind of one of those things i honestly uh stumbled into i never sought out in life to say hey i'm gonna be a roofer Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm gonna get into roofing and, and just you know that's gonna be my career I uh, honestly was approached by somebody uh, that I went to church with mm-hmm. that uh, I knew was in the business and I uh, had approached someone that I knew about potentially going to work for him and uh, was interesting to me because I was working for my family, going to college and was looking for a, an opportunity to do something uh, part time really, but something that I felt like I could uh, 
you know do well with as far as communicating and you know going on whatever appointments they had and approached him and uh, kind of worked out started working for him part-time uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area that commuted about an hour uh, each each way each day oh, wow. uh, but that was back when gas was cheap and uh, <laughs> could afford such things yeah but uh, just did did well with it took a liking to it started having some financial success and mm. decided to put uh, my, my collegiate career on hold while I pursued a career in roofing and uh, you know man that was be almost 20 years ago That's uh, so the whole time now yeah, it's that's been that's what's worked out. That's impressive. Yeah. So, so what, what was the uh, what was what was kind of the hardest hurdle when you when you got started into it? I mean, was it was there like a a big learning curve for you or functionally? Yes. I mean, I, I was blessed with you know uh, an ability just to be able to have a conversation with someone. I was never really intimidated to go sit down and just chat about something. Yeah. Uh, my hurdle was in the uh, nuts and bolts of, of something that I didn't know much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, telling people that we use three inch roofing nails because we had a clause in our, our agreements that said we weren't responsible for anything within three inches of the roof deck. So I said, well, the, the nails have to be three inches long, <laughs> you know, if we're going to damage something. But, uh, you know, obviously we're not using three inch roof nails. And someone finally said, man, you use, I've never seen a three inch roofing nail. Can you, can you show that to me? And I was like, oh, well, let me, let me check on that. I realized I educated myself real quick that we weren't using three inch roofing nails. Some three inch uh, nail salesman was really enjoying you back oh, then. I'm telling you, man. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you learn a little bit and, you know, you, you figure it out. Fortunately, this is this was a business, especially back then, that, you know, a lot of what, I mean, almost everything that we did back then was storm related. So mm. we were working with and helping people that already knew they had a need. There wasn't a diagnosis. Um, learning curve then like like there would be say now in my business and everything that we do but um for the most part we were just helping people replace storm damaged roofs and mm. uh was able to so do like in the dallas fort worth it's more like wind damage and, and things like that well, mostly hail hail you know, okay you get, you get a lot of large hail uh that goes through up there and uh you know does a lot of a lot of damage especially with the size hail that they get up mm. in the dallas fort worth area we, yeah, you know what i say yeah rain yes Hell no. <laughs> I would disagree with you, Kevin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, yeah. So, it sounds to me like um, at some point that transitioned for you, though. Is, was that a business move that you wind up having to kind of move out of storms or you just decided, you know, we can branch out a little bit more and, and do people's roofs that just need them because they've they're worn out well i think we were always open to that from from the beginning but as a you know part of our business model was to go out and actually focus on the insurance work and and up there the the market mentality for the most part is we don't replace our roof unless we have storm damage because if we don't have it now we're going to get it Mm. And, and moving from that market down to the market that we're in here which which i relocated back in 2001 uh, the company that I was working for decided they wanted to branch into this market following, it was the year Allison came through. There was okay. some, some yeah. other storm-related damage that was here. They decided they wanted to branch into this market, and I was the most flexible and <laughs> one of the more productive guys in the company, so they relocated me to help start the branch. Did that. Um, about six months in, we got off to the ground. Things were going great. Company was you know, having some issues, um, you know, financial, like things were changing. I was feeling a lot of stress and, um, had the opportunity to leave that company, uh, to partner with my partner now, who is one of the founders of the company I worked for. He'd left about six months prior and we had stayed in touch and he'd given me the opportunity to help start this company. And when we started the company, we were still really going after that insurance claim work. That was why our name was originally Fair Claims. Mm-hmm. Um, but just over over the years, within a couple of years, the, the market was a little bit different. But uh, you just you gradually diversify into other things. Uh, you realize that there is a you know pretty normal turnover in roofing that we have here because we don't have as many storms, and you start getting into that roof cycle where. Every year, you know, there's a number of roofs that have to be replaced, really, whether they've been storm damaged or not, just because, you know, the life's kind of out on on the shingles. They're having problems, and the the cost to repair those problems isn't really worth the investment into the roof at its current age and condition. So that that leads to a lot of replacements uh, with that, too. But, you know, when we started our company here, I, I kind of set our branch 
you know, for Houston, at least um, in the Woodlands area. You mm-hmm. know, I wanted to be on the north side of town for well, main reason was to be able to be close to go back home to go see family or whatever that lived up there. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to be in a community that was growing uh, in a community that was going to be more of a, a target market for us because we we've always prided ourselves on on value and quality um, and not just on price, even though we're, we're willing to be competitive uh, in most situations. Uh, but we, we kind of started our business in, in the woodlands and it, it really because of the branding and everything that we've done over the years, it, it's went from a, you know, go out and hustle business to, you know, now we have regular phone calls every day, mm. every week with people that have roof issues that we need to respond to, whether that be, you know, roof repairs, roof maintenance, or, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of replacements. And we still do a lot of insurance work too. I mean, yeah. there's still, we still have our storms and stuff that come through and there's still a lot of our customers that may call us, you know, hey, we, we've got a roof leak. Can you come out and see what's going on? And we get up and they've got a, you know, big patch of shingles that are missing from a, a last windstorm that came through. That, that actually happened just this last week. Um, mm. was a roof that I actually installed about 12 years ago. Uh, <laughs> wow. she, had, she had called me and uh, she, you know, we send out, we send out happy anniversary cards for our customers mm-hmm. every year uh, so the month uh, that their roof was installed we send them a happy anniversary card just wish them happy anniversary on their roof installation yeah just as a way for customer retention and to stay in touch and but anyway she'd gotten her card and said you know I, I, it's been a long time I think I need you to come out and check it out and she had gotten a leak mm-hmm. during during Harvey mm-hmm. but she hadn't really seen it since but she just wanted to get it checked out just in case and I come out and she's you know, we're looking, and she goes, "Oh, yeah, there's these shingles that I've been accumulating that fell off. I don't know what they're from." And I, I look up and I look up at the roof, and wow. it's and it's a patch about uh, probably twice the size of this table that's missing on a roof. Oh my gosh! It hadn't started leaking in yet because of the underlayment that was underneath it. But mm-hmm. um, it's obviously going to be an insurance claim uh, because not only did she have the wind damage to that one section. But it was a product that we installed that was a very unique and specific product with its size that's no longer manufactured. And there's no there's not a shingle out there available to match it with, not only from, from looks, but even from function. There's not a mm. uh, exact size to put that so in. So she's going to have it, to replace the whole thing anyway. She's going to have to replace the whole thing or have shingles of a different size and look on slopes other than the other, which most insurance companies, I mean, to, to pay for like kind and quality to what they have will usually you know, go ahead and cover the cost to do the whole roof. Yeah. So most likely that's what's going to happen for, for her. But So are anyway. you, are you, are y'all still kind of lopsided into what you're actually doing? Meaning like, are you still doing mostly like insurance claims or have you kind of like balanced that out over the years? It, it's obviously balanced out when we have a storm that, that comes through. Obviously that's an, it's an immediate bump in doing a lot of insurance work yeah. because that's most of what would be coming in. Uh, but uh, storm or no storm, we, you know, our phone rings, pretty regularly whether they're just a, a leak issue or, or whatever and then and most of the time it's so circumstantial whether or not it's insurance involved or not i mean we'll still get calls where someone's had the insurance out and their insurance is paid for a roof and they need an estimate yeah but we also get the calls you know like i mentioned where someone uh they may not know they have storm damage but they know they've got a problem and during the assessment of the problem we realize well hey you also have storm damage you might think about you know, making a claim and, and helping them with that. But there's also a lot of people that we, you know, they just have old roofs and they've got problems and they, they just need to be replaced or mm. at least should be considered to be replaced. You, roofs can be repaired and they can be repaired up into a long time. But as a roof gets older and it ages, it, it also kind of hardens and gets brittle and becomes a lot more vulnerable to damage the product around it when you're trying to repair a shingle. Mm-hmm. You know, shingles overlap. So in order to take a shingle out, the shingle above it has to be pliable enough to be lifted and manipulated in order to get the damaged shingle out. Well, if it's if it's old and brittle, you're most likely going to tear or break that shingle too. And then you've got that one to to do. And before you know it, you're either leaving leaving a repair with that's not really fully correctly repaired or you're having to take it all the way to the slope and you start getting into things like that the cost starts getting pretty expensive and if you're going to make that kind of investment into the roof on your home you might as well go ahead and just invest that into getting the roof replaced and having it done right and uniform and and all done at once Mm -hmm. Uh, it's usually my you know suggestion to people we're willing to do you know whatever they what's in their budget if their budget's only to do a slope and fix the slope then yeah that's what we do but we, we try to you know, be a, a a little bit of consultant for them too, to just let them know that hey, these are what your options are, and 
you know, all things considered, I think long term this is your best option. Uh, yeah. But you know, we let them know other options too at the same time. Yeah, I, I, and I would imagine most people find that even roof repair, let alone like roof replacement, sort of comes. I mean, and I'm assuming like I'm generalizing for most yeah. people, like comes as like an unexpected expense or or you know job yeah yeah i mean so that it can be like a frustrating situation to deal with i would imagine it's different than like i need new tires <laughs> yeah because that's super frustrating because you know hundreds of dollars on, on a on a product that you're like man i don't really want to replace my tires yep. i feel like a roof is just that exponentially like it needs to be done it's got to be done it's 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 a safety thing even and yet it's not a few hundred dollars it's, at this point. It's typically not. It, the bit, <laughs> <laughs> typically not. I mean, it, it can be. We, we you know, our, our small repairs are, sure. can be sure. a couple hundred bucks. But the, the best thing someone can do is just have an awareness of, A, the, the condition of the roof, how old it is. You know, B, you know, what is the typical life of a roof? You know, knowing how old your roof is and what that compares to a normal life cycle so that you can start being mindful and preparing for that to happen when it does happen but uh c or, or, or the, the third thing which i think is the most important thing is is having an awareness for roof maintenance hmm. that's a term that most people have never even heard of and uh, when, when i have conversations with people about it they're like roof maintenance <laughs> I, I didn't think you maintained a roof <laughs> but you really should maintain Get up there and buff the roof yeah. the roof <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> Yeah, guys, number, number one, we live in Southeast Texas, right? Yeah. You know, one thing that we are not uh, short of is pine trees and pine needles. Right. So those those tend to accumulate on the roof. Those really need to be taken off. You know, there's acid in those needles that can, you know, break down, uh, you know, shingle, shingle components. It can also um, hinder the water flow, uh, causing things to pool pond and, and back up. So that's something that you want to do. But every roof that you do has a certain amount of exposed nails that have to be caught uh, that are either at the base of a pipe jack uh, where your ridge cap, you know, your hip and ridge cap, where it actually meets in the center, you have to do a final cap on it that usually gets four nails that have to be caulked over. Mm. Uh, just various places, your, your pipe jacks that, uh, you know, for your hot water heater and your furnace, those are usually a collared type vent. Yeah. Well, at that collar where the pipe goes through, that's usually sealed with sealant. Your flashings, your chimney flashings, those are all sealed with sealant. Uh, and, and they should, you know, be cut into your brick and, and, and that sort of thing, too. But those all have caulkings that, you know, how long does caulking really last? Sometimes it can last, you know, a long time, but, you know, you put something up on a roof where you get it baked with the heat normally, but you, you know, your average asphalt shingle, when it's 100 degrees outside, 90 degrees, if it's in the sun, that shingle can get up to about 180 degrees mm. to the surface temperature. So that 180 degree heat, even on the best quality of caulk over years, can break that caulk down where it can crack and split and peel off or fall off and... You know, once those caulkings are gone, then you're vulnerable to start having, like, light seepage leaks. And people don't even, they're not even aware that they have a leak because it might be seeping in at the surface. It might be starting to saturate that decking and dripping, but it's just dripping to the insulation. It's not making a stain. Mm. By the time somebody actually has a stain, it's usually soaked through the decking, the sheet, you know, the insulation down to the sheetrock. And it may have resulted just from that roof not having caulking reapplied, you know, down the road. I mean, we recommend it every five years at least. Uh, after five years, you really should just have all those caulkings and sealants just resealed and, and gone over. We, we call it a roof tune-up. Mm -hmm. You really should get your roof tuned up about every five years or so just to make sure all of those components stay fresh because if not, they could break down, fail. You wouldn't even necessarily know that they had failed until other issues has, have happened. So like, so like for like standard 3-2 house, I mean, what is what is something like that usually cost? Four to five hundred bucks. Four to five hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's like for every five years, yeah. like a, it's costing you a hundred bucks a year. hundred bucks a year. I mean, to maintain your roof rather than spending 20, 30 grand on a yeah. roof or something like that. Well, I mean, because what, what you allow it to do is you allow the shingles. Everybody says, well, roofs, roofs don't last that long. This was supposed to be a 30-year roof. Well, the first thing, a 30-year roof is... All, the, all that is is a manufacturer's, you know, settlement guarantee that they'll give you some sort of compensation or settlement for a prorated period up to 30 years mm -hmm. if there's a manufacturing defect. Mm. doesn't mean that's going to last that long because an asphalt shingle, you know, for example, is not going to perform in the same climate 
as other climates. You know, in Texas, you're not going to have the same performance as you do in Minnesota as you would in L.A. or as you would in Boston. Yeah. Because the climates are so different that the roofs are going to wear differently. So there's no way to say that a roof's going to last a certain amount of time, but they can say for a period of however many years, it'll be free from defects, that our formulas in the manufacturing process are going to be exactly as intended so that that shingle will have optimal performance life while it's on your roof. So, yeah. So those can vary, but the average life expectancy here is usually about 15 to 20 years. Mm. The reason that that's the life expectancy, the reason you don't see roofs lasting too much longer than that, is that's kind of the period where those shingles get really too brittle to properly repair well without Mm -hmm. causing further damage. And you start getting at a life where the investment to go in and, and fix a lot of damaged things starts becoming really not the best investment when that investment could just go towards the cost of a roof yeah however if a roof is maintained those vulnerable areas that tend to break down don't break down and the roof doesn't start leaking and you actually have the opportunity to allow those shingles to wear into those twilight years Mm -hmm. because you know there's not other vulnerabilities that you would have you're not having to necessarily replace you know damaged pipe jacks because you've you maintained them you're not having to replace you know a patch because it soaked through and damaged the decking and got soft uh you're able to actually let the roof wear at the level that it would normally wear and you get a lot more life out of it Mm. um and there's other things that you can do too when you replace a roof components that you can put into it uh different membranes that the manufacturers all recommend having that you know, industry building standards here, they just aren't used. Mm. Uh, new, new construction as a whole is still done kind of on a very, very bare minimum yeah. uh, from, from, from roofing. And it's acceptable. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, a, a bad thing per se for an immediate, you know, concern. But those those components are what makes the difference in the twilight years of life of the roof. You know, mm. you 12, 15, 20 years down the road, you, you end up with all these problems and ultimately leads you to having to replace your roof maybe more prematurely than you would have had to had you built the roof to best practice standards, you know, with premium underlayments, using ice and water shield membranes around, you know, your problem areas, pipes, jacks, flashings, valleys, etc. You know, again, you're you're mitigating your exposure per yeah. se for, for leaks down the road that ultimately lead to roofs having to get replaced. And these are all the, the reasons that you would have to replace a roof if there wasn't a storm. You know, we, we still do leave, live in southeast Texas, and we will get our occasional thunderstorm that comes through. But, uh, you know, we're also keeping our eye on the on the Gulf every <laughs> yeah. year, too, to see what's what's coming in that. And, you know, you throw, you throw one of those into the mix, and it can kind of take everything else out of the equation and yeah. it forces roofs to have to be replaced sooner too but so, so um, what with those with the and i think you said that these were like the, the recommendations of manufacturers of the, of the shingles that mm-hmm. are saying yeah. they, that these extra things need to be put in the roof yeah how, how much longer is that extending the life of the roof that you've seen you know it's uh no, number one it, it's a systematic approach you know the manufacturers all sell a roofing system Right, and, and, and I, I've bought into that. I feel like a system, systematic approach is, is correct because the shingles alone, obviously, will shed water. But when you're talking about a roofing system, there's so much more that goes into it than just your shingles. Yeah. You know, you have your underlayments, which would, you know, years ago was just a, a paper felt, you know, mm-hmm. a tar paper. Uh, and there's vulnerabilities with that because, you know, that paper is easily torn, you know, bubbles up and if water ever gets behind the shingles, that's what's supposed to help keep the water from getting into the house, but with the vulnerabilities of that, a lot of times that'll happen. In northern climates and high elevation, it's actually code to have to use an ice and water shield membrane, which is a self-adhesive membrane that you usually stick down uh, either directly to the deck or on top of the underlayment, depending on its location, that the whole purpose of that is to keep water from being able to enter in those junctions that are mm. that are most vulnerable. Sure. It, you know, most houses, you're only adding two or $300 cost to add that ice and water shield. It's a self-curing, self-healing product that you know slides over your pipes and jacks like a jacket you know yeah. goes down underneath uh you have to put it around the full perimeter of the roof in the north for ice damming but we don't have ice dam issues so but just putting that product in those areas you're you're keeping leaks from developing at those problematic areas the other thing that it does most manufacturers uh will give you a more complete and comprehensive warranty against shingle defects 
mm-hmm. you have that. Okay. Um, and as a master elite contractor, we're master elite contractor for GAF, which is North America's largest shingle manufacturing company, mm-hmm. uh, most well known. Using all of their components, we're you know they will give a twenty five year labor guarantee on the workmanship oh, wow. uh, for leaks in addition to the the lifetime guarantee that they give on the shingles which is prorated on a 50-year scale but with that golden pledge warranty or even a system plus type warranty uh, that we include on all of our jobs that the system plus it, it if they had a defect in the shingles which is a slim chance you know guys i mean we're talking one tenth of one percent of shingles have a claim against them it's a claim mm-hmm. rate but the amount of coverage that you actually get should you have a defect is exponentially different after about five years. So with that System Plus warranty on it, if you had a shingle defect any time in 50 years, they pay 100% of the replacement cost. And if you had a, a leak due to the installation or, or workmanship of the way the product was installed, 25 years, uh, the, manu- the manufacturer will pay to have it repaired. Wow. So, it, you know... You're talking, especially new construction thing. You know, bare minimum. I know they're trying to keep costs down and stuff, yeah. but, but uh, you know, being a being a homeowner show, mm-hmm. you know, we're we've got listeners out there that are either maybe considering buying a new home or maybe they bought a new home in the past. There is new construction. Mm-hmm. What types of things do you recommend them asking the builder so that they don't just? I mean, that's something that to me is like just you know completely lost on me as the buyer it's not something like i'm not educated in roofs why would i be how could i be uh all of those sorts of things so what well you would listen to the homeowner show is what you that's the way (laughs) which is why i'm asking the question you know so what 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 types of things would you ask well, the, the, the best thing that you can do is to, to ask the questions before the home is built so you have an opportunity to do something about it. Uh, at, at least now, the, the standard is the standard. You, you don't have any homes being built, to my knowledge. I mean, there, there's some things that are turning. I mean, I, I've got some home builders that I work with that they've already changed their underlayment to at least a synthetic, which is good. It's better than most. But the industry standard for most new construction roofs is still the old-fashioned paper felt, you know, just normal shingles, no extra ice and water shield. You know, it's all still done as inexpensively as possible and and still be able to pass a, a normal inspection. Sure. So unless you've had the opportunity to discuss the construction process with the builder before, you know, you're, you're pretty – there's no one out there really doing anything that would be above board unless you're building a custom home and you're consulting with the builder about what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. Um, and and those are the important things is, you know, how is the roof system built up? Are they using all the components from the same, you know, manufacturer as much as possible? You know, are they using ice and water shield membranes, you know, around mm-hmm. the pipes, jacks, and valleys? You know, we're using a high-grade synthetic underlayment instead of paper-based felt. Are we properly ventilating the roof? You know, what type of warranty are we getting? Are we just getting the standard manufacturer's warranty that any you know truck in a truck gets when he goes and buys the shingles at Home and Depot? Or are we get you know having what, what know, is that by the way? What is what is like a standard? You know, your your typical manufacturer's warranty for shingles. You know, assuming that you bought what used to be called a thirty year shingle. Mm-hmm. Thirty year shingles are pretty much obsolete as all the manufacturers have changed their warranties from a 30 year to a lifetime to, be, to begin with uh, there's still one major manufacturer that still makes the same grade price point that's a 30 year warranty but the warranty is all based on a prorated life period of that product the ones that have a lifetime warranty really it's 50 years that it's prorated but if you had a shingle defect which I, I've dealt with at least seven or eight in the last two years mm-hmm. that had the the shingles were defective Uh, there was issues in the manufacturing process that caused either blistering you know where the shingles you know had pops in them that popped the gravel off and left little craters all over the roof Uh, but other common you know manufacturing um, issues or you know discoloration where you have a color issue you have bleeding you know the asphalt where the asphalt will bleed onto the roof curling you know where the shingles will curl up those are all you know common manufacturing you know defects that the manufacturer will cover but the most common is blistering that's the one that i've experienced and seen the most you have blistering degranulization uh in the product so if you have that issue and really mm-hmm. the only way you know that have had that issue is if you're doing your your five-year roof maintenance <laughs> get somebody up on your roof every yeah. few years just to make sure that it's uh that it's okay but if you have to make a claim 
if you don't make that claim really for sure within the first 10 years, but most of the time within the first five years, your, your coverage is very limited. Mm. Most manufacturers, if you read the fine print warranty, if you have a shingle defect, even within you know day one, month one, they owe you for new shingles and the labor to install those shingles. Well, what about your tear-off? What about your underlayments? What about your roof accessories, your pipes and jacks, your flashings, your drip edge? Conveniently unmentioned. Your nails, your caps. <laughs> There's so many things that go into a roof that aren't no. the shingles and labor. So even within the first couple months, that portion wouldn't be covered. A lot of manufacturers, after five years, they don't pay for any labor. It's just what the shingles value is. Mm. After 10 years, all the manufacturers don't have labor coverage and that's when they start prorating the value of what those shingles cost. And some manufacturers, it's a payment on what the shingles cost you, not what it costs today. Um, just in my time of doing, j- just since 2008, mm-hmm. shingles have doubled in price. Oh, my gosh. In the last 10 years, they've doubled in price. Is there a reason for that? or uh, Most of it was related to the the cost of asphalt and the type of crude within the barrel because of the way that all of that's being used. I'm, I'm not a petroleum engineer sure. nor a manufacturing purchaser, yeah. but uh, the, the explanation given to me is just um, they're becoming more and more ways to refine the the part of the barrel that's used for uh, getting the asphalt. So the amount that's actually left over has become a smaller and smaller amount mm-hmm. and uh, the grade it has to be in order to make shingles has to be a pretty high grade and then even then there's certain you know purification things that have to go into it to make it you know hold up well yeah and because of that because the supply has diminished the demand has remained or increased it's it's caused higher prices to produce sure um but you know if you had a problem you don't want to get paid what it you know half of what it costs in a depreciated amount with a for example, using GAF's example, they, the System Plus warranty, which cost me as a contractor 70 bucks, but we pretty much include it on our, our GAF system to jobs. So for 70 bucks, you know, we have to use at least three of those five components on a roof. Uh, and those components mainly are your, your starter course, which everybody has to have anyway. You just use the manufacturer starter course instead of taking the old strip shingles and turning them upside down, which are not that great. What, what is a starter course? Well, every every roof you know installs from the bottom up, and, mm-hmm. and the shingles overlap, so they seal to the shingle below it. Well, your first shingle doesn't have a shingle to seal to because it's the first one. Oh, okay. So you do a perimeter shingle all the way around that's your starter course that allows the, the the seam where those shingles meet to not have a crack there where water can go through. I got you. Okay. And, and also just to have a, a good component to be able to seal to that's that's fastened. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it really doesn't add much cost to, to use a manufacturer's starter strip than a than doing it the old-fashioned way. I was really asking for Kevin. He's not familiar with, with roofer lingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just uh, sit over here. I don't do much. Hey, I will ask you this, though, because um, you're, you're talking about asphalt shingles, and, and you're and you're saying, you know, regular asphalt shingled. Yeah. There, there are a lot of different types of roofs. Absolutely. And there's there's everything from, from that to, you know, clay to metal um, and others that i'm sure i have no idea yeah. what they are sod roofs there you go that's um, don't forget the thatches out thatch, there. <laughs> yes and you know, just throw some leaves up there right <laughs> um so I, I guess the question i've got is w- once you start going into a different material other than asphalt um i know some of it is a- aesthetics right mm-hmm. people want the look of a you know maybe they they want a a different a different style to their house and so they're using a clay or, or something like that, and I don't even know if clay is the right word. But there's tile and slate and what? Help me out here, Justin. What what am I missing? Yeah, well, there's your main roofs that you have out there are either these types or ones that are meant to be these types. You know, you have your asphalt shingles, which you you have your strip shingles, your three tab type shingles you see on most track homes, mm. or you have a laminated style, which you know has more of the look like a, sh- a dimensional or shake style uh, mm. architectural shingle. Uh, those are still by far the most common because they're still the most affordable roof that you can put on from a initial investment standpoint. Uh, if you really break down the longevity and some of the other factors, 
I think arguments could be made that you're you're actually saving money by investing into some of these other products that have different values. But uh, the, the most common outside of that are, are metal. Mm-hmm. And within metal, you have either your metal paneled type roofs that you see, as, you know, often called standing seam type roofs. But there are also metals that are formed to look like tile or slate. Uh, there's granulated metal that looks like tile or slate or shake, even that look like the old wood shake. Um, are they making some out of like aluminum now? Is that they they make them out of aluminum or steel? Okay, uh, you know there's different pros and cons to either either of those options. I saw solar panel. Um, don't don't get him started, man. I've, I've seen him. I've seen him go off online <laughs> on people about this. I'm just saying, there's so many options. I guess yeah. that's my point here. Yeah. There's so many options, and and I, and I understand that that you know y'all can y'all can do different different kinds, whatever. But I. I my, Really, where I'm getting with this is, at what point is it smart for me to consider something other than just the typical cheapest option? You know, at what point does it make sense to uh, to, to get a different type of shingle? Does it have something to do with uh, how long you plan to be in your home? How you know the, the how old the home is? Does that have anything to do with it? Does it have anything to do as far as resale value even of your home based on what other homes in the neighborhood have? Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things. Like I, I just want some help understanding some of those things. Sure. Well, well, number one, if you live in a neighborhood that has only asphalt shingle roofs on it, it's going to be hard to increase the value of your home by putting on, say, a metal roof. You know. Sure. Um, if you're going to be in a home long enough those are always going to pay dividends. You know, a, a typical metal roof or, or a tile roof is going to last a lot longer than an asphalt roof does here in, in the climate that we have. The biggest benefits to a metal roof is it's it's a lot more energy efficient. You know, most all panels, as long as you're not doing a jet black color, <laughs> are, you know, they're energy star approved. You know, okay. so you're, just because of the reflectivity of the panels. Uh, whether that's in metal panels or, or even in the ones that are shaped to look like shake or, or tile. Uh, it's lightweight, so it's less stress on your structure uh, of your home. You don't have, uh, unlike a tile roof that can weigh, you know, 1,700 pounds per square, um, as opposed to a shingle roof that weighs maybe 250 pounds per square. Right. You know, most metal roofs only weigh about 100 to 150 pounds per square. Okay. So it's a it's real lightweight, uh, real energy efficient. Most of your steel roofs uh, that that are that are out there are class four impact resistant so they come with a guaranteed insurance discount for for having that Uh, most of those metal roofs are miami-dade approved so you know they're rated for uh, more than 130 mile per hour wind Mm. Uh, so you're you're pretty much making an investment that you're not going to have to replace that roof Uh, and although you can have maintenance on a metal roof it's much less than you would have even on a shingle roof okay and the savings that you have between your energy savings and your insurance savings uh, will typically pay for the additional cost to do metal if given enough time to do so. Hmm. The other thing is the depreciation factor. You know, you're, you're going to be able to get a true, you know, 40, 50 year life out of most metal roofs that you're not going to get out of a shingle roof. So you factor in the inflation cost and all of that. It's ultimately a, a less expensive option to put on, say, a metal roof that might cost twice to three times as much as what it would have cost just to put a shingle roof on when you built the home. Mm. Uh, when you get into tile and that sort of thing, you're you're really fitting a style mm. for that home. You know, obviously certain homes are, you know, Spanish type homes. They, they, they're built to have a style of, of tile on it. So once you get into tile, you know, you have to make a decision. Do we put on uh, a real nice clay? And, you know, the way that clay made it, it those are really made to last forever. I mean, there's there's imported clays that come here from Europe that are 800 years old that are wow. that are, that have been taken off. You you take those off and it's called reclaiming, where you you remove them, you replace all the underlayments, decking is needed, then you put them back on. Mm-hmm. Same thing with slate. You know, slate's just rock that's quarried, yeah. you know, out of mines and and shaped into into roofs. They're very heavy. Uh, but they're beautiful and they, they do last forever, but they're extremely heavy, but they're also extremely expensive, you yeah. know, so you're, you're paying for a lot for that, but you're getting a certain look. Typically real slate roofs, you know, real old clay, you know, those are the type of homes that you, you know, and river oaks and stuff that you see that have those because you're, you're talking five to 10 times the cost of a single yeah. roof to sure. do, to do some of those. Part of that is that you also are required to have to use 
you know, uh, either stainless steel or copper uh, nails and flashings that, that is also, you know, a, a pretty high price point to do. There are affordable options in between. Are those like two inch, three inch, four inch? <laughs> what kind of nails are we talking about? <laughs> you got to get that straight. But, uh, but there are more affordable options within that. There are tile roofs or slate roofs specifically uh, that are made by companies. Uh, we, we've done uh, three in this last year that are synthetic slates. Hmm. Uh, they're they're actually polymer, you know, or, or a rubberized plastic type material uh, to, to hold it in your hand, but it is molded to look like a real slate. Wow! And it, it looks authentic. We've 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 done three homes with it this year. That, mm. and it's still an investment. You know, sure. it's it's still an investment that I would say is probably two to three times what you pay for a shingle roof. Mm. But you're getting that style and that look, uh, an authentic look of what a real slate would would be yeah uh, there are shingles asphalt shingles that have a slate style look too but you can still see that they're obviously just a shingle roof but they're just they fit more of the style of the home a little better okay. you know that's a little bit easier price point to get into but there's not really any return other than the aesthetic value on the the shingle side uh the return on doing the synthetics or the real slate you're you're getting again they're, they're class four impact resistant uh and depending on the color they're a little more energy efficient uh, with tile too, you also have concrete that is usually a more affordable option than the clay. Uh, concrete's most commonly used here. Uh, you know, uh, Boral uh, has a has a factory where they make their concrete tile out in Katy, uh, and it's you know pretty you know reasonably priced to be able to to do it. Uh, it's not it, it's not the gap that it used to be to to jump up to tile, mm-hmm. but you have increased cost uh, in framing, structural engineering foundation to hold to hold the roof and weight that it's going to be on it sure and the most important thing in doing a good tile roof of any kind is the the substrates having having the right underlayments having everything underneath it because you know a good tile roof is one that you don't need to tile on to waterproof you know your roof should be waterproof on a tile roof without a single tile on it um and especially with the technology of of you know boral has an elevated batten system that actually Instead of the batten being the old-fashioned, you know, uh, one by twos that are right onto the deck, mm-hmm. you know, it's an elevated batten so that there's actually a little bit of an airspace between the the tile itself and the deck. Whether you're using a flat tile like a slate or a, you know, a, a barreled tile of, of sorts, where if water ever gets underneath that tile system for for any reason, you know, it's got a clear channel on top of the underlayment that escapes all the way out at the bottom of the roof. Hmm. Um, if you have a tile roof leak issue with a traditional application, those battens are water barriers that trap that water. And with that weight, you get a bad leak on a tile roof, it, you could have collapsing and all kinds of wow. really Jeez. major major issues. Okay. Uh, but the, the standards have improved a lot on those styles from what they used to be. They used to put you know the, the old the oldest concrete tiles that I see done around here that were done in the 70s and 80s they didn't even have decking underneath them you know they just have <laughs> they, they have your your uh, your lath boards that are on top of your rafters and they're just you know batting on top of rafters with tile on top of that with felt underneath it wow. and there's no wonder they're having issues and problems and right um, there's been a lot of improvements but it, it's all really the the price point and the value the return how long you're going to be there um, it, in the neighborhood it's in too you know sure. if it's a it's a custom home in a custom home neighborhood that has a lot of those in it it's almost going to be expected to have that to maintain the value of the neighborhood mm. if you're building a home out in the country you know you're 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 doing something that fits the style of that but mm. you're also you know you, you've got to think about your buyer and what they're going to want in the home and is that going to help it hold its value and you know obviously that's a conversation to have with your realtor sure uh, etc but there's there's a lot of uh, tangible benefits and to, to having something besides an old asphalt shingle roof and, and yeah. as a roofer you know when I build my next house it's not going to have an asphalt shingle roof on it there you go you know I'm going to make sure that <laughs> most likely it would either be a metal roof um, yeah. you know or, or even one of those synthetic you know shake or slate type products because it gives you that old authentic look and feel of those traditional products but with you know the longevity and the lightweight benefit and, uh, etc. But yeah. cool. 
Hey man, I do want to give you a couple minutes to to address uh, the, uh, the the virality of Elon Musk, and because <laughs> I've seen you, I, I think I've seen you engage with some folks with yes. that, that viral article. That's, yes. is, is that the one that's like the uh, the Solar City stuff is just as affordable as a regular regular roof? That's the thing that gets me because it is nowhere near yeah the cost of a regular roof. So educate us a little bit here because I you know, I think this is something everybody's interested in. I mean, like we've I mean like we've had several guys come out and quote us for solar power. I mean, yeah. like it's, it's something I think I think people should look into sure. for sure. Well, and to, to my knowledge, I'm not, I'm not a solar expert <clears throat> sure. uh, because we don't actively sell solar. I've, I've always been interested in providing it and getting into it. Yeah. And every time I've checked and ran the numbers, it you know, from a numbers guy, it hasn't really made a lot of sense to me. You know, most of the people that are getting it um, are, are usually people that are passionate about having that and trying yeah. to be on the cutting edge of, of where things are going. But you can add traditional solar panels to any roof, and there's a lot of those that are that are being done. But if you've ever asked anybody what they've spent on it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty big price tag. Yeah, it's not unheard of to spend even just to get solar panels added twenty thirty grand. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the numbers I just got the other day because we we just had a guy out. I mean, just for our place. Yeah, it was going to be ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, to power. I mean, I mean, like you know, we're it's a few buildings, but yeah, you know, like we don't use a whole bunch of power. Right. Um, but I was like. 90, How many years of electricity is ninety thousand dollars? <laughs> yeah, well, and, and then you know I don't know how it is in every state, but like yeah. it was for us, it would have only been sixty thousand dollars because there's an immediate tax credit. You get, yep, you get a thirty percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, which is interesting how they do that because the tax credit's really only on the product. So they right. they make the product's ninety thousand and they install it for free. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine why they do that. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> but 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 still even when you, you know, bring that down to even a sixty thousand dollar investment. Yeah. How many years of energy are you buying up in advance? Yeah. And 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 then in in all honesty, it's not going to provide you with all all of your electricity. You're still going to have yeah. some need. I mean, unless you just, you know, cut yourself off, yeah. which they don't let you do. Yeah. <laughs> so and and I guess that's the practical side in me. I yeah. mean, there's something really cool to be said about having being off the grid and having your own power source and and all of that, but But have you have you looked at the numbers for the solar city ones that they're Oh yeah. yeah? I mean, it's and and it's it's only laughable because you know this roof's going to cost the same as a traditional roof. That's the statement that always gets me. Right. Um, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you look at it, they always tell you what the price is per square foot. Mm-hmm. Well, roofing is priced by the square, which is a hundred square foot. Uh-huh. And to my knowledge, I believe it's somewhere around two dollars a square foot is what they sell the, the the tiles for. Right. You know, for it, and it's done over the whole whole roofing system. Well, $2 a square foot is how much a square when there's a hundred, you know, or it's like $20 a square foot. It's, it's, it's in the thousands of dollars per square right? to just buy the, to buy the tile. Yeah. Well, how much more do you have for the other accessories, for the electricity, for all the hookup, for the installation? You know, it, I mean, it's going to be a product that your average home is going to cost more than six figures to roof a roof that you would put on yourself for a residential roof that might cost ten thousand. Yeah, you know the this roof is going to cost one hundred eighty thousand. You know that's that's the disparity between. <laughs> that. Seems worth it. Yeah, I mean, you know, your two hundred fifty thousand dollars house is you now got a you know one hundred eighty thousand dollars roof on it. You know, it's just the numbers don't the numbers haven't lined up. I think it's an awesome awesome roof. I think it's really cool. I love the technology. Yeah, I'm not trying cool to. Concept, I'm yeah. not trying to be a Debbie Downer on it or snuff it. Yeah. I just. Right now, just come at it honestly. Honestly, from a, from a numbers guy, right now the return is not there for the investment it takes to do it. Yeah. Unless it's something that you're just passionate about and and your uh, desire to have that is, you know, high enough uh, that yeah. You if you that, want it, you want it. You want it. You want yeah. it. And if it's in your budget to do it, then man, more power to Rodeo you. Rodeo up. Yeah, come on, yeah. be fun. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Don't, don't see you having a good uh, financial return yeah, on yeah. that on that investment. Yeah. You have to really want it. You have to really want it and, yeah. and be okay with just, you know, it's kind of like when you go buy that brand new car, you're buying <laughs> it because you want that new car. Right. And eventually it's going to be worth something, but you know when you leave the lot, yeah, you just lost whatever that depreciation was. Sure. Yeah. Multiply that by 100, and that's the same feeling of depreciation <laughs> <laughs> on, on buying that, <laughs> the solar, uh, the solar system. Hard, and I, take a hard pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'm sure there's some 
increase in value and all those other things. Again, I'm not trying to sure. be too negative on it, but uh, just you look at the cost of energy now and how affordable it still really is. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it, just right now, the cost of having to set yourself up for most of those solar systems just don't pay a normal return, especially here in Texas. I know in other places in the country, there are more uh, aggressive programs to be able to help offset some of those costs. And some of those places, it makes sense. And, and a lot of the companies here, they, they they get people sold on the financing because a lot of times your payment can be equal to what your energy payment is yeah. so that it's a it's a wash. And, and to some people, that makes a lot of sense if you're going to be in that home forever. Yeah. But if you ever sell the house, you still got that payment yeah. uh, for the next 20 years. Unless you can roll it in somehow, which I don't yeah. think they let you do. That's, that's, what, that's what can get scary also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, okay. what, are, what are some uh, what, what are some things that like just the typical homeowner can be on the lookout for to just be aware that hey, there might be a problem? Uh, number number one is just be mindful again of its age. You know, if you if your typical roof life is fifteen to twenty years, and you know your roof's about twelve years old, you know what? It can't hurt just to have somebody come out and look at it, and especially if you've never had it maintained or know if it's maintained. Mm. You, you probably should just get a roof tune up. You know, because yeah. we come out, we look at everything, we we see if there's anything really alarming going on and we'll at least come in we'll tune up all the pipes jacks you know seal any exposed nails and just try to you know do a good maintenance on it to to make sure that everything's you know holding up well if you really don't know how old your roof is you just bought the house and you know i've only lived in it two years but i really don't know how old it was before you know some of the signs that that kind of give an age away is the streaking you know you get you know algae that'll grow on a roof that gets kind of the dark streaks and mm. stuff on it that'll that's usually a pretty good you know tell that that roof's getting close to at least 10 years old if you're starting to see some of those algae type streaks in it which would be at least again a good idea to have it looked at and have you know regular roof maintenance done uh the other things outside of that you know are just sags or dips or places that look like you could could have water uh, if you're uh, physically capable to be able to get in your attic, you know, hey, next time you're you're in your attic at Christmas, you know, slide a flashlight around. Look at your plywood. Is there any brown or black spots that are growing on your plywood, you know, that could be from water penetration that may not be showing itself up inside the house? You know, those are good things to, to look at, too, so you can get ahead of it and get it fixed before it turns into a, a bigger problem. Hmm. Good cool. stuff, man. We're, we're coming up on the hour, Kev. You ready to, to to bring it on home? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll move into the final four. <laughs> the final four. <laughs> so this is uh, something that we we do with all of our guests. Uh, just ask them four questions. I'm typically uh, not allowed. Well, you just typically don't remember them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's disqualified. <laughs> that's exactly right. So four questions. Um, this this is a test. You ready? Right. Okay. Number one, what's the must-have tool you won't leave the house without? My ladder. Okay. Ladder. It's hard, it's hard to get on roofs or help people with roofs <laughs> if you don't have a way to access the roof. Yeah. So you got to have a ladder. And uh, unfortunately, I, I've, I have left home without it before by mistake. Um, and I've also shown up to my next appointment. Oh, no. <laughs> and realized the ladder was at the last appointment. Oh. Wow. Rats. It's not working out <laughs> It doesn't for make you. for a good afternoon. No. Do you ever ask, uh, can I borrow your ladder? <laughs> Real professional guy here. Yeah. Roofer without a ladder, beware. Right. That's right. Do you have a trampoline anywhere? I can do reverse yeah. Yeah. up onto the roof. All right. Um, number two, second question. What's a job you've walked away from? You know, there's not a job specifically that comes to mind that I'll walk away from, but I can think of probably half a dozen that I wish I had of walked away from. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, those are things that you just kind of learn and, and it does kind of give you cues. So, you know, unfortunately a personality flaw of mine is I'm an eternal optimist mm-hmm. and I feel like I've, I've never met a challenge that I can't, you know, at least turn around, conquer, yeah. you know, <laughs> sure. uh, and I, and I do, honestly, I, I take pride in satisfying some of the most difficult customers out there. Um, I, I enjoy when I get the engineer that's got a five page list of questions that he wants to talk to me about and, and look over, you know, because I, I, I know that I'm going to be able to answer those questions and to be mm. able to, to take care of it. 
But there has been jobs that I've done where you get into and, you know, you have the customer that has a personality in the morning that's not the same personality that afternoon. Mm. And there's a third personality that shows up the next morning. <laughs> and, and although they said they were happy with it yesterday, now all of a sudden they're not happy with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you figure out a way to make them happy. And then the next day they're not happy about it for another reason. Right. You know, those are the kind of customers that, gosh, probably were better uh, suited for my competitor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, over overall, I mean, I I, I love people in general. Yeah. You know, I enjoy working with people of all types and kinds and backgrounds and, you know, roof situations. So, sure. it's uh, you know, I, I try to take on, if I feel like I can do it, I, I take it on. I try not to steer away from it too much. But, you know, as any business owner or anybody in the construction field, you know, they're you've got to be smart about it. You know, some, sometimes there are customers that ask for things that are just not realistic, you know, and you have to be mm. smart enough to steer them away from. Right. Uh, and, and there has been jobs that I've just told people that we couldn't do something. It mm. wasn't that I didn't want to do it. It's just that it wasn't physically possible to do it in a way that, you know, everyone feels good is not going to be, you know, okay. You know, wanting to put a slope on something and, and, a, and a product on that slope that's not graded for that slope. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, th- those are the kind of things. Somebody wants this uh, this patio, for example, or they want to do a, an addition and make all the roof lines tie together. But the only way it ties together if you put a almost a flat slope on it. <laughs> and but well, if you do a flat slope, you got to have a flat material. Well, they don't want that flat material because it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like the rest of the house. So I mean, those are those are the kind of things you can get into that sometimes sure. you just have to walk away from it because it's not yeah. really in the scope of what you want to offer to <laughs> Sure. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, third question. How do you wind down at the end of a long day? Man, m- most of the time, you know, it's, uh, you know, not, not to sound sappy, but it's just through good conversations with my wife, you know, just kind of visiting with her, asking her about my day, her day, talking about my day, you know. Sometimes it might be over a, a good margarita at the Mexican restaurant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, just, just that and, and a guilty confession, I, I have been known to, to wind down with a little candy crush. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it does it. You know, just kind of. It's good to get that kind of stuff. It takes out in the your open. mind, you yeah. know, off of uh, <laughs> off of the stresses of the day and just kind of. Uh huh. It's an escape yeah. tool for sure. It is. It is. Yeah. All right. The Candy Crush. It's yes. out. Are you any good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to buy the uh, the power ups. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes I'll go twenty times on the same level <laughs> till it feels sorry enough for me. It just lines them all up. It's not. <laughs> Eventually, the yes. stars align. <laughs> yes, right. I mean, that game's been out, what, almost 10 years, and I think I'm only on level 131. <laughs> Man, I believe in you. I think, uh, you, I think yeah. you can get there. Right. All right, last question. You've done well so far. Last question. What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? Man, it, it, it's a good thing you asked that. I actually just shared this with my team, you know, kind of coming into the new year. And it's true in life, it's true in business, it's true in whatever you do, but you know, it's the concept of, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, because if you just wing through your day, you wing through your week, you wing through life, man, you're really leaving yourself short. You know, you may have some successes and you may fall, you know, backwards over into a, you know, good circumstance that day. You could also step on a rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you don't know. You've got to plan ahead. you got to set your route, uh, whether that's in business, whether that's in life. you you got to have goals and you got to have vision. you gotta have, you got to know what you're working towards each day. And uh, especially on the short term within business, if, you, if you're not aware of what needs to be happening on the next day and the next week, mm-hmm. it's so easy to let things fall through the cracks and, you know, up, you know disappoint people, upset people. And ultimately, not not achieve your goals yeah. right, of what you want to accomplish for yourself and for your business, and and ultimately for your customers. Yeah, and no, that's good. I agree. Yep, that, that actually reminds me of a, 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 I think that's a part of a series of G, that Jim Rohn did, where he's like he's talking about best time to start your day is as soon as you finished it. Yeah, in your head, you know, the best time to start yep. your week is as soon as you finished it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like it's crazy how when you start backing that out. But you can actually have that vision for that day and yeah. that week and that month and that year. Well, um, we, you know, we yesterday, you know, on Sunday evening, you know, I just texted out to my entire staff mm-hmm. just saying, hey, your most uh, productive and successful weeks are, are planned on Sunday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's right. You know, just, just, a, just a nugget to think about. You <laughs> yeah. know, when you're, you're lying in, in bed tonight or sitting on the couch, get you a little piece of paper out and 
make yourself a list yeah that's right use your notes on your phone do, do something but you know we all have appointments that we have to do but how are you going to spend that time in between appointments what objectives do you have to get done what are you planning to get done so that you get it done hmm. otherwise it most likely won't happen yeah, you have to plan to be successful, I think, and uh, I, I think that uh, it's obvious that, you know, you're, you're doing things well, so I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and um, I, I've definitely learned some about roofs that I didn't know, and uh, hopefully there's someone out there listening um, in the world who, uh, who was benefited from this as well. Um, my, my understanding is, is that you, you're even going to um, offer a a little incentive here do you, do you have a an yeah offer? absolutely man i mean anybody on the show that that wants to call in and make make a mention of the show mm-hmm. uh you know we'll do we'll do 50 bucks off of any roof repair mm-hmm. okay we'll do up to 500 dollars off any roof replacement over five thousand dollars or more which most roofs are over five thousand dollars or more yeah but uh but also we'll do a hundred dollars off of any roof tune-up uh, which go. i think would wow. be appealing to, to any listener because unless you just had your roof put on the last couple of years you, you probably would be somebody that would uh probably benefit from having your your roof tuned up and sure you know those those roof tune-ups like i said are usually around you know three to four hundred dollars for a basic roof if it's a big roof steep cut up i mean it could you know get up to six or seven hundred bucks but typically what you're looking at for for getting one done and uh, like i said we'll, we'll do a hundred dollars off of any of those just for that's awesome any of the listeners good deal that's don't let kevin trick you yeah. calling in with a fake voice though yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, my voice is too distinctive to get away with that <laughs> no, no female british accents <laughs> <laughs> we've only fall from that once <laughs> oh really so this won't do it will it no okay so if people have any questions what's what's the best way to get a hold of you Man, I've got no problem giving out my cell phone. Ooh, uh, on us. You know, that's a, you get, get directly to me. Yeah. Uh, it's 832-875-7663. It's um, you can text to that number, call that number. Uh, you can also email me just at Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at fairclaimsroofing.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, F-A-I-R-C-L-A-I-M-S, roofing.com. And uh, we'll, we'll respond as quick as we can. Our office uh, number is also 281-367-0466. Uh, you can speak to any of my admin staff and get an appointment booked. Or, But just reach out to us. We're here. Uh, you, can, you can reach us. If I, we've got a Facebook page. You can contact us through that. Yeah. Uh, Send you a little message on there. Yeah. A little, little love note. Yeah, a little love note. Go, right. go, give, us a, go give us a like. There you, you go. Know. That's what we like. Um, yeah. Yeah, we put... It, it, whatever's convenient for them and they pick their poison and get a hold of us and happy to respond and help out any way we can yeah. there you go you can find Justin in all those ways hope you guys reach out to him and send him all your lovely roof questions yeah. anything else we got Kev? and I think that's it uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, you know we're here every Tuesday so make sure you're subscribing to us so you never miss an episode and we will talk to you next time see ya